sins, the entire boat, the entire part of all of us, the vessel that is us must be changed. And so in that, we get this idea of even what St. John the Baptist is talking about when he's talking about a true repentance. This is about a change of life, your total life. And so, given that in mind, these Pharisees and Sadducees are coming up to him to be baptized, and it's very clear that they do not have this idea of repentance in their heart. And, and what he does is he accuses them of this most terrible spiritual condition. And it's just called the difference. He talks about, you know, don't, don't take consolation in the fact that you are children of Abraham. That's not going to be sufficient for your salvation. It's, it's almost as if St. John is accusing them of saying to themselves, well, since we descended from Abraham, and he was called by God, then we can live exactly how we choose. And I will say, many Catholics think that same way today, especially those of us who are cradle Catholics, who think by our baptism and access to the sacraments that we have some type of inside track to the kingdom of heaven, that we are somehow special because of our ancestors. That no matter how I live my life, whether I'm holy or not, whether I sin or not, because I'm Catholic, it doesn't matter. Because what actually makes a difference is my heritage, my ancestry. Yes, as Catholics, we are sons of Abraham, and then sons of Jesus. And then we think, okay, that's good enough. We will be fine. It's fine to be Catholic in name only. And St. John challenges that. He confronts that thinking head on. He confronts that apathy and that complacency and says, do not put your trust in that. He says, if you are repentant, genuinely repentant, you need to produce appropriate fruit, which signifies that. And what is the appropriate fruit of repentance? To change our life. Now, we know genuinely, we know people in our lives who are truly repentant. And how do we know that they're repentant is, is by their actions, how they live their lives, how they stop doing something. And we all have those people in our life who are genuinely and truly repentant for the things that they did. But it goes beyond lip service. We have to see them change for us to believe that there is a change. Now think about this for a moment. How frustrated do you get when somebody, or even angry, how angry do you get when someone tells you that they are sorry and you know or are 100% sure that they are not sorry? And they're going to keep continuing to do whatever it is that they're doing over and over again. Again, they're not truly sorry. They're not truly repentant. And that's what God has to feel like us at times. Because we say that we're going to change. We say that we're going to repent. And we never truly do. We, we always hold back on that. And why do we hold back? It, it might go to this idea of indifference, to complacency. Or we can just simply go through the motions, just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And we go to this baptism of repentance with an apology. But really beyond that, nothing is going to change. And we know that in our hearts, even before we begin. 
That makes that act meaningless. It makes it vacant. And that's what St. John is just challenging the Pharisees and the Sadducees at this time when they come to him because of this complacency in their life. And here we are now in the second week of Advent, and the church deliberately puts this right in front of us. Every single one of us with this image of St. John confronting complacency, this internal complacency. I don't really need to worry about how I'm living because I'm a baptized Catholic. And because God is forgiving, and he's going to forgive me no matter what, you know, no matter what comes what may, no matter what I do or don't do. And so naturally I can go on living the way that I do. And how do we know this to be true? Well, let's just do some math here, for example. There are about 2,000 families here at St. Mary who claim to be Catholic and are members of St. Mary, yet less than half of them attend Mass. And even less than them of that half that don't come don't even attend us on Christmas or Easter. And even fewer of them support the church in any way, whether it be by time, talent, or treasure, or simply coming in to be with the Lord. So, we might have that reality, and it's very visible to us. But then, it even goes one step further, and this is even for us, those who do attend. And I'm going to throw myself right into the mix here, of where we do attend, but at times can be very unrepentant. And there are times when we do not go that one extra step to be closer to the love of God. And we just carry on to do what we do, and we think that that's enough, that that will be fine. <laughs> Yet we're living our lives very much like the Pharisees and Sadducees of Jesus' time. We are children of Abraham, we are Catholic, and we don't need to change. Being baptized Catholic is sufficient for my salvation. And God will forgive us even though our hearts are hardened against him. Now what does St. John say about those individuals? He calls them a brood of vipers. My brothers and sisters, we are being called to a real conversion of heart. And God is confronting us with the truth, not only about himself and his beauty and his glory and his love for us and his mercy for us, but he's also confronting us in the truth about ourselves. And he's telling us this Advent season, look in the mirror. Look into that mirror of divine mercy, and you can see what you ultimately can be. And what that should do is not stir with us of indifference, but it should stir up within us an urgency. And an urgency that doesn't come out of fear, but an urgency that comes out of this flow of a real desire for the love of God. And to truly love Him, to move closer to Him this Advent season. And that means when I look at my life, I ask myself, is my repentance bearing fruit? Am I, is my life today, am I closer to God than I was yesterday? Am I closer to God than I was a month ago? Am I closer to God than 12 months ago when I was reflecting on this last advent? And if there's any doubt in 
when we need to take St. John's preaching here very seriously, he says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now change. And we can only change by the grace of God. In other words, we're not being asked to impress God. And we're not being asked to prove to him how willing we are before he helps us. That's quite the reverse. Because God has chosen to become so close to us, and we know this through the sacraments of the church, and how he calls to us, come to me. And so I say to you this, this conversion will not happen by accident, or by our ancestry, or by osmosis, or whatever way that we think that this repentance is going to manifest itself. Especially in the hustle and bustle of this season, St. John is pleading with us to make God the focus of our energies. So I ask you, during this Advent, can you spare a half hour to spend with God in adoration? Just a half hour. Can you, on Wednesday nights, come to our Christmas series, a very, very Advent, where we dig deeper into this idea of Advent and the Scriptures? Could you spend 15 more minutes a day praying on a change of direction in your life, purposely asking God, how can, I, how can I move closer to you? What can I do to make me move closer to you? And if we say that in this time, there's just so many other things that are going on, I'm too busy to do these things, then we miss the point of what it means to be Catholic and what this season of Advent is truly about. There is an immediacy and urgency because we know in not too long God is coming. And when we listen to the words of a famous psalm, it says, Bend my heart to your will, God. So now I can present an analogy. How many of us have ever seen this scene of a child throwing a tantrum, maybe in a store? And maybe you think, especially this time of the year, I want that toy now. I want it, and just insert whatever it is that comes into your mind. I want it now. You stamp your feet, and that child stamps their foot, and they start crying and whining about, I want it now. But we are no really different thing than those children in front of God. But we're normally much more subtle. I want what I want now. I want my will, not God's will. I want my will, and I want it now. And if you don't give me what I want right now, I'll go to another parish that tells me that I get what my will. Or I'll skip stop going to Mass to show God he's not giving me exactly what I want when I want it. Or I'll even read for another faith tradition that will tell me that I get what I want when I want it. I'll show God. That's exactly what, what we sound like to God when we put that type of tantrum, that spiritual tantrum that we throw. And it's why our seats are half empty and the, and the other thousand families are not with us. But there is something that we can do about it. And, and when we pray that prayer, 
that we do after the prayers of faith or the prayers of, of, of uh, the parish. Listen to those words when it talks about, I want the pews to be filled, but I have to help fill the pews. Everything is about how we can help make this parish and this church the way that we want to be. To erase basically those tantrums that we have in our life and bring people in ultimately to face God's mercy and love. And I wish I wasn't making this up. And I wish I didn't have to be making light of this condition of the church. But I'll tell you, after working in this church for as long as I have, and not just this church, but we'll say any of the churches around, this is every day for us. This is what we hear. This is what we are confronted with. So how do we combat this thinking? How do we set ourselves with a humility and sadness? And to not only be the people who speak of God, but who really want God in our lives, who really want the will of God in our lives, because we truly know that it is better for us to set aside our own ambitions and our own determinations and our own plans for ourselves, our own will, but to ask the Almighty God to bend my heart to your will. And it's not what I want, it's what you want. Because I know what he wants for me is infinitely greater than I could ever want for myself. And I keep selling myself short on that. And that's what we ask of him. Bend my will to yours, God. And we do this always through the invitation of our patroness, Mary, who perfected this. And if we can do it in that way, then we will be truly repentant in the way that St. John preaches in the Gospel today. And then also, we will have the ability to show the fruits of that repentance, to bear the good fruits. Because in that case, our lives will be changed. We want our lives to be changed by our love for Almighty God. So let us beg our Lord, bend my heart your will to sadness, so that I may want what you want, and that the pride within me may be destroyed by the real presence of the Lord in our lives.